Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2018. I'm here with Shaka Shervington to talk about what took place over this past weekend. The Jets looking pretty impressive against a, a pretty feisty Bills team. And the Eagles pretty much letting everybody know that they have, you can stick a fork in them, they're dead for this season. But let's get to what's really important right now. Shaka, how's Ezra doing? He's good. The little man, uh, he's sleeping at night, thank goodness, which is super early. I think everyone I tell who knows, you know, who's had a kid is stunned that he's actually like sleeping at night, night like a normal human being. Every now and then he gets up a little bit middle of the night to eat, but then he goes right back down. I fully don't expect this to last forever, but I'm going to enjoy having a normal sleep schedule for as long as humanly possible. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. I'm glad uh, Ezra is, is adjusting well. He's he's fitting into the family uh, uh, very comfortably at this moment. Yeah. Um, look, man, I, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. He's, 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 he's a sweet kid. Makes my day. Oh, that's a beautiful thing to hear. It's very beautiful to hear that. So let's talk about your Jets. Your Jets came out with a win this weekend, especially even with Josh Allen running all over the place. Josh Allen, my God, that guy can run the ball. Um, he had over 100 yards rushing in this game. Credit to him. I will say this before we get any further. Go ahead. Last thing about, about Ezra. The Jets are now 1-0 and when I put him in the Jets, Jets uh, gear. So I had him in a Jets onesie this weekend, or rather the girlfriend did, and I even looked at it and I was like, oh my God, this is either going to be really good or really terrible. And lo and behold, the Jets somehow look like there's some future there. Dude, uh, pulled out the W. I, I like the analysts talking about this is potentially like, you know, a long-term battle anywhere from 10 to 15 years, which is, it's cute. I love the uh, the long-term projections of this being a rivalry for that long, but you know, we all know about the the uh, the tenorship in the NFL. It's at best, you get maybe eight years at quarterback of good good play but um i i like you said i loved seeing josh allen actually out in the field and just just the kind of the hybrid uh talent that he has he, he really doesn't seem to be that mobile mm-hmm. until he takes off on you and picks up 17 to 20 yards and i think he caught the jets with their pants down a few times just in that because he actually does have a really solid arm and he can make the big throws mm-hmm. you have to respect his ability to get back there in the pocket and hurt you so once the pocket collapses, all of a sudden he takes off running. He catches a lot of the secondary, you know, flat-footed. So he's he's able to just get chunk yardage uh, on Sunday. And it really, really shook the defense up a bit. I think that was the biggest issue that the Jets had kind of containing him because they would do such a great job of penetration. And he was so good scrambling in the pocket that I, I saw a couple times that he managed to get the football away or off on a throw before he was able to be brought down for a sack. And I'm sure that frustrated the Jets a lot. It also affected him just because you can see those rookie mistakes where he would throw it into coverage or he would just make a kind of off-balance throw. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fundamental um, and mechanical errors that probably are going to get corrected over the course of his career. But, I mean, the potential is there. You can see why the scouts loved him uh, early on in the pre-draft camps. So that's a big up for them. Well, no. now, can we talk about, I mean, who showed out better in this performance? Was it Darnold or Allen? I mean, who do you think I, is looking like a stronger quarterback? I say long-term. Um, you know what? That's a tough call because looking at them head-to-head, I, I want to say they're pretty evenly matched in terms of um, 
just what they brought to the table in terms of bringing that team close to a victory. Uh, I would say Josh Allen in the end hurt his team just because I think he had three interceptions on the day. He, he, he had two picks and a fumble, so he did have three yeah. turnovers. Yeah, the fumble was pretty big too. Um, just really, I mean, mistake prone, and that was one of the biggest issues that the Jets had all early through the season when Darnold started. Now, mind you, Darnold is the NFL leader in interceptions this season. He's got 15 picks, mind you. Yeah. Um, and Allen, Josh Allen is prone to making mistakes, but I don't think he had a chance to play in as many games as um, – hang on a second. I mean, they've both missed time this season. They've both – Darnold and Allen. Yeah. So they both – you know, a lot of rookie mistakes out there to be had. But I would say in this game, Sam Darnold edged him out as the victor just because uh, that last two-minute drive where he was able to, to just march the Jets down the field. And a one big throw that he had to connect to, to make that 40-yard gain uh, towards the end of the game where, I mean, just really set them up in good field position to take the W. And mind you, running backs have been kind of an injury issue for the Jets mm-hmm. in the last couple games. And Crowell went out early in this game with an injury. Yeah, and who was this other running back who scored? Um... Elijah McGuire, who's been around. He was with the Jets Well, no, Elijah McGuire. Who the hell is Trent Cannon? Trent Cannon, I, I've mentioned him a couple times this season. He's got a lot of potential because he actually catches the ball out of the backfield pretty well. And he had a good game against the Vikings earlier this year. Um, He's got a lot of deceptive speed. I would like to see him in a little bit more of a feature role, but I don't think the Jets are going to give him that kind of uh, that kind of juice just quite yet. Elijah McGuire still got more of the experience, so he's still going to get a lot more of the, the number one running back uh, feature in this game. But right. Trent Kennedy's got a lot of, I think he's got a lot of flexibility. He can, can come in a couple packages. He can run the football, but I think he's better catching the ball out of the backfield. He's got a lot of um, separation speed, especially in the open field. So he had a pretty solid game in terms of helping the Jets kind of get over on this Bills team. I mean, look, man, we, you and I going into this game, we're not really super high on the Jets being able to uh, to win this one. Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really glad that things turned out the way they did. I mean, I was, I was you know, pleasantly surprised at, at a lot of the good play that I saw from both teams. I think both of these teams, you know, we've kind of, written them off as as you know poorly coached teams that have made some mistakes throughout the season but you know watching some of the highlights of this game you see that there's a lot of things to be excited about you know I mean there's there was a lot of special teams plays in this game that made a difference I feel like there was a lot of kickoff returns and punt returns that really were game changers the run game was huge for both teams in this game and I see what you're saying about Darnold because listen I think that Allen had a lot of numbers, but you also, you know, you can't get over the fact he did have three turnovers. But, I mean, what Sam Darnold did, two-minute drive, going down the field, uh, I mean, it was very impressive. And especially with the game on the line, trying to win this thing, you know, it was really something to see the Jets step up and play well in the fourth quarter and actually try to answer back when, you know, I think we've seen much of this season, the Jets have not really been able to do that. And, no. you know, they were missing Darnold. I mean, you know, I, I do think that they're more efficient and better, and they're able to move the ball better when Darnold's out there over McCown. I know McCown has had some good play, but it's just, listen, he's a backup for a reason. And I think that there was a lot of things to be excited about with the Jets in this game. Now, 
you know, I mean, the Bills were able to run it all over the place. I mean, Josh Allen had a field day, but he's been kind of doing that with just about every team he's been playing against, and it still didn't equate to a W. I think that the Jets were able to get the stops when they needed them. Uh, Buffalo's Buffalo's got a bright spot. I like the uh, one wide receiver who now I understand why Kelvin Benjamin ended up being cut. Robert Foster mm. um, had a really solid game. He, he's, he's kind of a plucky... Uh, you know he's six two, but he still he he plays a little bit smaller than that. But I mean he he gets himself open. He's a a short yardage kind of guy, but he really kind of helps Josh Allen move the chains against the uh, Jets. They had one play where they tried that one play, uh, the double reverse um, pass to the quarterback that everyone's been been given. Yeah, I feel like that's gotten really. It's it's like a fad these days. It's like yeah, in I, the... it, it almost connected to with Allen in the end zone, which was uh, kind of annoying, but. I, I, I thought it was kind of a bad play call in this game in particular because it wasn't as if the Bills at the time were were, were trying to sneak one. They didn't really need to sneak, sneak one against the Jets. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, excuse me, actually, I would have said, I mean, despite all the pressure that he was getting from the Jets' front line, he actually held his own in this game. And I thought that, I, I, I felt it was kind of a disservice to him to not really kind of play that straight up. The, the, the trick play was, I mean... We kind of, it's always that Monday morning quarterback where you go, the trick play was kind of a bad idea unless it worked. Yeah. And in this case, I thought it was just really risky, especially since the fact he'd already thrown two picks to Tremaine Johnson. Already, yeah. And it, it felt, it just felt too risky. And and guy. one of the, and you know, one of those picks, I mean, was bad, was real bad. Yeah. I think it was the last one to end the game. I mean, just, just really, just rifling it off. And he's got, like I said, he's got a great arm, but there's, a, there definitely looks to be kind of an accuracy issue it's that or just kind of getting the timing down with the receivers isn't 100 percent perfect yet I, I mean i do think it's an accuracy issue there's been i mean josh allen has been showing accuracy issues through most of the season i feel like that's been one of the knocks on him yeah and i mean again he, he especially i know going into uh the nfl draft was definitely more of a raw talent than obviously sam darnell or josh rosen was just because he played less time in college and but physically he was a much bigger quarterback he had a bigger arm and again you know that speed that he had I think a lot of people were just kind of salivating over the potential and you can see that potential again in games but again he's still a raw guy he still doesn't have kind of those fundamentals that you you kind of work out in college and kind of you know tone up he's they're still just not there and it's a question that remains to be seen whether or not he'll actually have those intangibles uh, moving forward. I mean, there's a lot of excitement there. Um, I think that Josh Allen, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things where I think we've wanted to sort of, you know, we, there's other quarterbacks in this year's draft, and there was a lot of quarterbacks in this year's draft, which I feel like we wanted to easily anoint them as the best quarterback of the draft. And I feel like time and time again, you know, Josh Allen was sort of shuffled down the line as like, you know, well, he's not that, he's not as accurate. He, you know, he's got an arm, but he's a little bit more of a raw talent. I mean, he's a hell of a talent. He's, he's really got some ability. He's, 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 listen, I think he's got some, some resiliency to actually, you know, stick it with these teams and pull out some wins because there've been some pretty impressive wins, which have all been on Josh Allen and have really shown that he's got some ability under center. I mean, I think there's a future there with him. I'd like to see how things finish up. Um, but I mean, I, the, I, I'm not ready to say he's a better option than Sam Darnold. 
Um, But, I mean, he's certainly one of the better running quarterbacks in the league. I mean, right up there with – I mean, Lamar Jackson is the only guy I can see who's really running the ball as efficiently for a quarterback this season to to sort of be right up there with Josh Allen. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. But you're right. I think Josh Allen still has too many interceptions. I just looked up. He's got – He's got 11 interceptions on the season. And, uh, I mean, not far behind Darnold, and he's played in less games. So I, I, I think I, – I don't really know what – in terms of what Bill's management and Sean McDermott really have in mind and how they're going to kind of put players around him. Uh, you know, obviously the running back position for them is kind of an issue. They've got two veterans in a running back slot, so they're going to have to get younger at that spot. And then wide receiver, they're pretty thin. So there's not – a very similar problem – what the Jets have is that, you know, they're going to have to kind of rebuild the offense around this guy. They really just don't have the personnel right now to make him into a threat. Oh, the Bills. Suffering the same fates as the Jets, just sitting there and dying in that division with the Patriots. They've got identical records in that division. I mean, that says it all. I mean, they're both two teams that are just struggling to get their shit together, and yet every year the Patriots just keep rolling on and winning division titles. No big deal. Oh, also, we can mention that end of that Patriots game this weekend was... Oh, you mean that hook and ladder? Oh, my God. Satisfying. It was stunning, to be perfectly honest. And also, I mean, the million-dollar question is why was Gronk on the field? But, you know, then again, it's it's very easy to second-guess a, a, a Hall of Fame Super Bowl-winning coach when uh, he goes down in embarrassing fashion. Listen, he deserved that. You know, it's... It, and, and it wasn't... I'm not going to say it was a surprise. I, it wasn't entirely a surprise just because Miami plays well against the Patriots, and they yeah. play well against them when, when the Patriots have to go down to Miami. Historically, those games in Miami, the Patriots, it has not been a gimme. It's been a trap game. They've had issues down there before. And, you know, truthfully, as, as the day was going on and I saw the score staying as close as it was – you know, it didn't particularly surprise me that the Dolphins were hanging in there. The Dolphins, I think, are a team that we love to shit on, and we love to sort of be like, oh, they don't have the personnel, they're not as exciting, they're really, they're great one week, and then they're shitty the next week. They kind of are like the AFC East Division's version of the Tennessee Titans, you know? They can I think re- that's pretty fair. They can really show up and play great football, and then they can really disappear and play terrible football. And I think it came out against the Patriots, and... You know, it was the perfect little, you know, dagger in the heart to have them, you know, pull out the victory on the last play of the game on a friggin' hook and ladder. And you're absolutely right. Gronk shouldn't have been back there. I I mean, I can understand sometimes because they were probably playing for the Hail Mary, but Gronk should not have been back there. He was clearly not the right person to be back there. And, I mean, they paid for it. They absolutely paid for it. And it's one of those few moments when we actually see the Patriots make a mistake. Yeah, you just look at Gronk and just see how out of position he was and how they're kind of sort of stunned, really, that he was all of a sudden the man in position to be the final man to stop and not even remotely close on that end play. Now, is it time for us to talk about the Eagles? Yeah, man, this game, uh, very interesting. But yeah, please proceed. I want to hear your thoughts. So, I mean, you know, my brother called me up very early on in the game and was like, how's it going? You know, I'm, 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 I'm in transit right now. Give me the scoop. And I told him exactly what I told everyone else. You know, I had some, I had a few Cowboys friends come over and watch it. You know, I'm down here in Texas. I got a lot of Dallas Cowboys friends. Yeah. And it, I pretty much said it's a mixed bag. 
It's been a mixed bag all year, and this is a mixed bag as well. You know, up until the fourth quarter, this was a lot of, you know, dirty, muck-it-up football. You know, the Eagles struggled to move the ball. They would get a couple of first downs, and then the drive would stall. The, uh, um, the, the Cowboys, you know, they were able to move the ball, but then they couldn't actually get it in the end zone. I mean, they had lots of issues in the red zone. The Cowboys, I think, had at least two red zone possessions where they got it to the one-yard line and still had to kick a field goal. So you saw a lot of this defensive play. I mean, the Cowboys' defense was was good. It has it has turned on over the last couple of weeks, and it showed up this week at home in Dallas. And the Eagles had opportunities. They absolutely had opportunities. They, they were there for the picking, but they were missing the run game. You know, again, the run game was not there to help them out. They lost Corey Clement early in this game. You know, he got a pretty nasty knee injury. It did not look good. And then for the rest of the game, they were relying on Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood. Uh, it was not efficient. You know, they were able to get chunk plays here and there. But, you know, again, they were not able to get into the end zone until the fourth quarter. I, I mean, it was, I believe, 9-0 at the start of the fourth quarter. And the Cowboys had kicked three field goals. The yeah. Eagles are able to get the ball down the field. I think they got it off of a turnover. I believe Dak Prescott threw a pretty atrocious interception in the red zone, um, and then the Eagle or and then the Eagles were able to get the ball very far. To, or, or it must have been in there. I can't remember how it was, but the Eagles pretty much had the ball in the red zone and they just converted very quickly. And then and then their kicker misses an extra point and it's nine six. And then Amari Cooper just blew up. Amari, I mean, it was a real moment where you saw the Cowboys take advantage of the poor Eagles secondary. As much as they had been playing well all game, as much as they were able to contain them all game, I mean, the floodgates just opened up. The, yeah. the, the Cowboys had a touchdown to Amari Cooper. Then the Eagles tie the game. And then the Cowboys' very next play, 75-yard touchdown to Amari Cooper again. I mean, what was amazing, and in my opinion, is a little bit more of an indictment of the Cowboys, because after this game... Cowboys are eight and five. Eagles are six and seven. I'm pretty much given the division of the Cowboys. I mean, the Eagles got to play the Rams, the Texans, and the Redskins to finish the season, and the Cowboys have got some. I mean, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but they do not have a and difficult schedule. Games, if I recall, they're both winnable games that I saw. And uh, I, mean, I mean, I think one of them is the Redskins. Mm-hmm. God, I gotta look. I don't remember who the other team. Here, was I'm on, I'm on it right now. I got the schedule. Here we go. Cowboys are playing uh, the Colts, the Buccaneers, and the Giants. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're winnable games. They're all winnable games. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give them the division. This was the one last gasp that the Eagles had to actually fight for this division title. So them losing this game, it's over. Stick a fork in them, they're fucked. And so the fact that the Cowboys were struggling to score against them still shows me that the Cowboys have flaws that they need to work out. Because that Amari Cooper touchdown where they went up I think it was like 23 to, you know, 17 or 16, something like, I think it was 23 to 16. I mean, that really, yeah, that put them in a really good position. And then the Eagles go right back down the field and they end up throwing a touchdown pass to Darren Sproles and they tie the game and they force overtime. And, and not only do they force overtime, they force overtime with the Giants driving down the field and on third down, they sack Dak Prescott and the, and the clock ticks out and, the, and they go to overtime. So... Again, everything about it was a mixed bag. You know, the the Eagles would make good plays, they'd make terrible plays. The Giants or the Giants, the Cowboys would make good plays, they'd make terrible plays. But then in the end, in the fourth quarter and overtime, I mean, the Cowboys took care of business. 
Amari Cooper has played better with the Cowboys than he had all season with the Raiders. You know, Jerry Jones in that trade is looking like a really good move right now. And you're sitting here with this Eagles team. And I mean, I think what says it all for the Eagles, they forced overtime and they never got possession of the ball in overtime. Cowboys won the coin toss, got the ball, drove all the way down the field and scored a touchdown and the game was over. I mean, in a way, that's kind of articulating everything with the Eagles this season. They're so close, they have opportunities, but they can't help but shoot themselves in the foot. They can't figure out a way to get their playmakers involved. You know, they have occasionally big chunk plays, but, you know, the one thing I will say that I did notice in this game was I feel like I started to notice the lack of Carson Wentz mobility. You know, last year, he was very mobile. He would scramble out of a pocket. He would make something happen with his legs. If it wasn't for running for a first down, maybe he'd throw on the scramble. That's where I'm starting to notice his knee injury affecting his play this season. He doesn't scramble nearly as much. Maybe he will next season, but right now, you don't see him getting creative like he used to with his legs. And I think we're starting to see some of that come out in their ability to convert third downs. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure going into the fourth quarter, the Eagles were like one for seven on third down conversions. They could not get a drive going all throughout this game. And, uh, I mean, that's been the story with them all season. Yeah. Um, look, man, I like I, I noticed in this game, really at the end of the day, that front, you know, defensive front, for the Eagles, played their asses off. They gave it. They everything. absolutely they did. And I mean, the secondary was, I guess, the Jekyll to the Hyde, the Hyde to the Jekyll, whatever you want to call it. But there was, I mean, I look at the stats in this. Zach Prescott throwing fifty-four times for four hundred and fifty-five passing yards. What? And I mean, the, the Eagles were still able to hold up. Just the offensive numbers when you look at this. That Eagles secondary was so battered so outmatched, and still somehow managed to keep them in the game. Yeah. When I look at those Amari Cooper touchdowns, particularly the second one, um, where he caught it in double coverage, that's just... And then he just he just ran away. I don't want to give it... I don't want to take away from Amari Cooper's talent. The guy's 23, 24 years old. He's physically a freak. But that would not have been a touchdown if you had more experienced secondary out there. And I mean, the Eagles, this is a depletion at the secondary spot for the Eagles was just completely exposed in this game. Yeah. The Cowboys took advantage of that. They threw, I think there was another play later on, maybe a 70. It was a big play to Cooper. Same kind of situation, same matchup. They were just basically hammering at the weak spot for the Eagles. So it wasn't, I wouldn't say that the Eagles were outplayed. It was just, they were exploited. They have a lot of deficiencies in the defensive side. And if you're a smart team, you play towards that, and the Cowboys just so happened at the right time to get a player with Mari Cooper's caliber, which they def- desperately need because I said it before, their offense moves through uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and really I didn't think that was going to be enough. Cooper finally woke up, uh, and especially in a game where you finally run into a team that has these problems in the secondary, and everything just kind of hit. Granted, it took them overtime to finally get through this, but... I mean, now they're kind of in that grace period where they're going to play a couple teams that are, you know, 500-esque teams, mm-hmm. beatable teams, and the division is pretty much locked up. Now, going into the playoffs, 
I don't, dude, dude, I don't have any. I don't have any hope for the Cowboys in the playoffs. But they did what they had to do. I mean, they came back. I think it's like five games in a row now. They won. So yeah, five in a row. They were three and five to start the yeah. season, and now they are eight and five. So yeah, I mean, look, the, the the defense also a lot of energy. I think they also just didn't really have to be on the field as long as the Eagles did. Ezekiel Elliott just killed ate up enough time. Yeah, you know, yardage wise, that the defense was rested, and they came out. They got their quick, um, you know, third and outs, and they got off the field. So I think the, the 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 timing and just the the rest that they got was a big factor. I will say this: being in Dallas, they got a little bit of home cooking from the refs. There were a couple plays yeah. that I felt a little shaky. The Dallas, uh, dude, that so. did you see the opening kickoff? Did you see the opening kickoff? Do you know what I'm talking I about? I mean, that was. I'm sorry, as an Eagles fan, maybe I'm home cooking. Maybe I'm a homer here, but they got fucking robbed. Okay, the fucking opening kickoff, they strip the goddamn or the punt returner muffs the punt return, and the Eagles recover it. But the refs blew the whistle too fast, and so they go back to the replay and they say, "Oh, there was a fumble, but we couldn't under. We, there was no way to clearly discern who exactly well, gained possession, so we're just going to throw it all out." Now, is if the refs can't. Uh, make a solid determination. They just kind of scuff it. So that's pretty brutal. That was that was definitely because you sit back and you look at that and you say the game went to fucking overtime and it was decided by one possession. I mean that could have decided the game. I thought there was also on top of the Dallas Gunner, which obviously they called um offensive pass interference, but I thought was bullshit. That was just kind of incidental contact. And number one, there was a pass interference play on the defense on another play. I can't remember. It was probably towards the second half. That was called against the Eagles, and I thought it really won. I think it was on a third down, and it really killed the drive or killed the defensive uh, drive. Yeah, it got Dallas down the field, and I, I raised an eyebrow. And I was like, "Man, if this game ends uh, on this play, it, it's going to really look bad." I think Stephen A. Smith even called out the refs on the, and said that the Eagles were robbed a few times um, on plays in this game. Uh, mind you, you know, it's it, it's over. The league office hasn't really said anything about any of these these plays. But um, I, I look. It took the, everything Dallas had. Uh, they had to would bring out. They had to bring out the bazooka, and they still had to get you know <laughs> rest to, to 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 look in their favor to win this one. But a win's a win. Well, the Eagles are the Super Bowl champs, and everyone's treating them that way. Everyone's bringing out their A game. They're not an easy out. You've got to play your heart out to beat them. But every week, the Eagles do figure out a way to kind of lose the game, and. Yeah. Uh, this was another example of that. You know, Cowboys deserved it. They they officially swept the Eagles this season. I mean, they're on a five-game winning streak. That winning streak started by beating the Eagles five weeks oh ago. You're right. And now they beat the Eagles again. I mean, I just it just seems like such a far cry from the beginning, the first four weeks of the season when the Cowboys looked so vanilla, so boring, and, and no one thought they were able to do anything, and they were talking about firing Jason Garrett. And now yeah, it really looks bad. Like they were going to strip this team down. I mean, and now we're sitting here saying, you know, the Eagles got some shit they got to figure out next season, and the Cowboys are probably going to walk right into the playoffs. Yeah, that's for sure. I, it's it, it's been a very weird this past week. This past weekend, the games. I mean, Derrick Henry running for two hundred yards, and yeah. Mark Cooper having a two hundred yard passing, and it's just a lot of craziness uh, game wise this weekend. It's been a very bizarre slate of games, and. and I mean that's. I didn't really get to look into it, but I remember I texted you about um, John DeFilippo being fired from the Vikings. Oh my God, that happened quickly. I mean, listen, the Vikings' offense looked like shit last night. Yeah, 
I think they've had they've had a couple games like that when they had Case Keenum at quarterback that they weren't exactly I mean an offensive machine. Mm-hmm. So you know I, I'm still stunned. I I just I'm st- I mean listen if the Eagles Eagles should just swoop right in and pull a huge action, hire him right back, and just bring him over to the Eagles franchise right now. Just don't pass go, just go get him and bring him back. I completely agree. I, I think he's the one who obviously, and you would agree with me in this, is the one that developed. Carson Wentz, and I mean, you just saw such a dramatic improvement with Filippo in the fold that I don't see, I, one, why they would not just welcome him back with open arms. Yeah, and and I mean, to think that Minnesota moved on from him this fast, I mean, whatever the case, it clearly didn't work out, but come on back, man. Come on back. We would welcome you back, and I mean, let's keep getting creative with that playbook. Yeah, I remember Adam Thielen, you know, try to defend Filippo and said, hey, it's really about the players here, you know, um, you have to make the plays. So, you know, execution, execution is still execution regardless of who's drawing up the plays. So, Dude, either way, <laughs> Minnesota, yeah. God, just what a, what a, what a lost season. I think the Eagles are struggling this season. Look at the Vikings. It's like both yeah, of the I NFC done, championship man. game contenders have fallen. I looked at them early in the season and I said I would not be surprised if we're looking at, you know, I mean, they just have the makeup on offense and defense. They're they're built like a Super Bowl team, man. I, yeah. They're just mediocre. Shocking. Really. Shocking to see them sort of falling to, like, the same depths as the Eagles because they really are. I mean, they're 6-6-1 six, six, and one right now. Yeah, I, it's, it's crazy to me that that record is so, so like, underwhelming. And, like, yet, and yet the teams that didn't miss a beat from last season were the Rams and the Saints. The, 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 I mean, to this day, I mean, granted, it's amazing the Rams and the Chiefs have been. The Saints, to me, just the just the offensive firepower and just really with that defense, which, granted, it has, you know, a few veterans on it. By all means, I'm, I, I just didn't expect them to be this far along. I, I certainly didn't either. Now, I mean, I'm just, I'm really impressed that the Saints defense hasn't taken a massive step back, and it hasn't. I mean, they've been very competitive. They've played, I think... Probably on the same, on par with what they did later in the season last year, or even better. I mean, just just stunning at some points what they've been able to do. Stunning is right. Um, anything else we got to say, or we should get the hell out of here? Um, I don't really have. I'm oh, I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed, but I'm looking at my notes here. I I, I think I think that's it. I mean, the Chicago Bears. I mean, aside from that, I, I'm that, I'm impressed. I can't believe that they're still, you know. That team just looks built to be like a solid contender for like at least the next three or four seasons. I mean, I would hope so. I I, I still I'm still not sold on Trubisky, but the rest of the team is all looking great. Trubisky's had moments where he's looked great, but I, that's the other reason why I think they're gonna be okay is because he doesn't necessarily need to have. Uh, a, a Drew Brees-esque moment. If he never even gets there, I think he just has to function within that offense with the guys they have around him. Tariq Cohen. I mean, they just have a lot of guys who can who can make big plays. Uh, and the, the offensive coordinator, obviously. I mean, yeah. just I mean, Matt Nagy and that offensive Cohen. staff is doing great work. They don't need they don't need Trubisky to be the do all. He just needs to execute. I mean, you know, and have guys uh, blocked for those big. Um, those big just chunk yardage plays that get out of personnel. Young, talented guys, too. Not necessarily superstars, but specialists. Well, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, 
You better get ready. Uh, Jets game this weekend is on Saturday. Yes. And they're playing the Patriots. Uh, no, they're playing the Houston Texans. Oh, God. That's right. This is Texans first. Houston Texans, Saturday afternoon at 4.30 Eastern time. My Eagles will be playing the Rams in L.A., the uh, scene of the crime from last year's Carson Wentz <laughs> ACL tear. Um, yes. They will be playing uh, Sunday night football in L.A. Hopefully, Carson will not destroy his knee again. However, that I do was, not. That was an amazing game. That was probably. That was an amazing. Nick Foles came in and won the game, and the Eagles put forty-five points on the Rams. Maybe the best regular season game I saw from last year was probably yeah, that showdown. I mean, I was shocked that the Eagles were able to come out with Foles and win the game, but I'll tell you, I don't know if that's going to happen again because the Eagles haven't even sniffed forty points all season. Look, man, um, the Rams did not look amazing this past weekend either. They finally fell back to earth offensively, so. I, I think both teams coming into this are uh, they're they're licking their wounds a bit. Okay. Well, hey, this might be a prime opportunity for the Eagles to upset the apple cart, and I don't it's think it's going to stop the Rams from going to the playoffs, yeah. but it's going to give other people some recipes for how to get underneath their skin and beat them. Look, I'm just trying to be optimistic, all right? We're going up against the Texans. The Texans finally lost. They were on a nice little streak. Yep. Um, and, look, again, they're, lick, they're licking their wounds. We're going to be licking our chops. Hey, man. This Saturday, you better get Ezra in that Jets onesie. I know. We gotta make sure this thing's clean and ready to go. <laughs> actually, uh, he's got a couple onesies. I might throw another. Actually, no. I'm gonna put the same one on. Let's keep the let's keep the flavor. That's let's right. You gotta keep, you gotta keep the right juju going. You know. And I'm not talking about the Juju Smith Schuster. I'm talking about Mojo. I don't want to ruin this thing before it's even begun. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get the hell out of here, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. You can also email Shaka and I at uh, samsportsstation at gmail.com. Um, but that's all we have for this week. Enjoy this weekend slate of games. We'll be back next week to talk more football as we get ready for the playoff push. And uh, I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about. Take it easy, everyone. Talk to you later. See you next week. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games.